Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you're tuning in on SL Podcasts, at CZA, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Mr. Kurt Backerfield, how are you, my friend? Good, good, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good, my boy. You sound a bit tired. Like, uh, yeah, I'm a little tired, but we, we, we move, we move. We move on. Stop complaining. <laughs> um, let's chat about your team, Man United. Uh, they are open to every serious bidder now. Um, in the six billion pound mark, is that correct? Including a, a Qatari group who has come forward. Yes, so um, it's a Qatari, uh, or in Qatari investors rather, um, linked with a potential bid for Manchester United. I've read that they aren't willing to meet the six billion pound figure that the Glazers are trying to sell the club for, um, but they have apparently registered interest with. The, the Rain Group, which is the group that will be overseeing this potential takeover. Mm. Um, I think the Glazers are trying to get all bids in before the deadline they set, which is 17th of February. Um, so these are interesting times. When when the news first broke that the Glazers were selling United, they, they did say, or the news did say that they wanted to get rid of the club um, before the end of the season already. So... Mm. I think that what Manchester United fans can look forward to is going into next season, um, which you know will potentially come with Champions League football, um, with new owners, um, which will come with, I'm sure, big funding um, for the club. So, um, and for the team for Ten Hag. So it's a, mm. it's an exciting time. Um, we don't know exactly who the investors are. I think they linked with the with Qatar's royal family. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely um, an exciting time for United, of course. And and as a United faithful, there's obviously um, interest from Sir Jim Ratcliffe, who's more of a local investor, if that's fair to say. Uh, would you, as a United fan, prefer a local investor, inverted commas, or are you open to a, a Saudi slash Qatari uh, investment? I probably would prefer a local investor. Of course, not local to me, being here in South Africa. Um, But I I probably would prefer someone from England um, pumping that kind of money into the club. But we'll see. Radcliffe's got quite an interesting past as well. Um, And he's been criticized for the way that he runs Nice, the French club that he he owns as well, that his Mm -hmm. company owns. So I think that people were excited by that, um, by the idea of Sir Jim Radcliffe taking over United but um, from what I've read it's not necessarily um, something that would go all that smoothly so look I'm open to anything I just hope that there's no controversy Um, I'm I'm sure there will be inevitably Um, but I hope it's not ugly and I hope that the spending doesn't become as ludicrous as we've seen from other clubs after being taken over Um, of course PSG have been heavily heavily criticized and they're owned by the Qatari investment uh, um, what's it, the Qatari, the Qatari sports investment, which is Nasser Al Khalifi, the PSG president, um, and they've been accused of of spending more money than they make. And I, I think that yeah. United, in terms of revenue, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, um, still one of the biggest clubs in the world, one of the biggest brands in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that it will be met with the same sort of drama. But um, yeah, let's see what happens. Awesome. I look forward. Well, that's uh, you said the 17th is the, the deadline. Apparently, yes. That's what I've read. Okay. So we've got a good week to go with that. We'll keep an eye on that one. Let's stay with sort of Man United in, in a way, but segment to Cristiano Ronaldo. 
scoring all full goals. Yes, uh, Thursday night. Oh, incredible. Passing 500 league goals in his career. He's now scored 61 hat-tricks, 30 of them before he was 30, and 31 since he turned 30. And he's now 38. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. So those four, four goals came in 40 minutes. <laughs> um, he actually got off to sort of stuttering start at Al Nasser. Um, he had scored one goal in three games, and that one goal was a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, a teammate of his, Luis Gustavo, who actually used to play for Bayern Munich. I'm not sure if you'll remember him. Mm. But he came out to say that um, Ronaldo's presence definitely makes it more difficult for Al Nasser because the opponents are so much more up for it. Yeah. Um, and they're sort of trying to prove a point when coming up against one of the game's greatest of all time um, players. So uh, there's been a bit of criticism recently, a bit of drama, but um, yeah, I think he's pretty much um, shut everyone up, announced himself in the, the Saudi Pro League. Um, yeah. That was uh, yeah, a four-goal haul against Al-Wadar. Yeah. Um, I, I watched the highlights this morning. Some really good finishers. Um, yeah. What kind of, what's kind of, it's good to see how pumped up Ronaldo still is. Yeah. Um, which you know you can't really say the same for Messi at PSG, where it seems like no matter how long he stays at PSG, um, he's never going to have that affinity for the club. Um, and he's and he's being heavily criticised in France for not really caring about the club, not for it, for, for not showing emotion. Yeah. There's no kissing of the badge. There's no sort of rapport with the fans. Um, and I was actually talking to some colleagues about that in the week, just saying how difficult it is to imagine Messi getting to that point with PSG purely because of the relationship that he had with Barcelona and how long he was there. Um, but Ronaldo in, in Al, at Al Nasser seems to have, I mean, he's, he's been made the captain. Um, all, all of his goals he celebrated with his teammates. He looked, yeah, just really, really um, pumped to be scoring those goals and to be playing um, and I think that that will rub off on everyone around him and, and especially the fans. Yeah, but Kurti, I think Ronaldo and Messi are two very different persona. Uh, no, of course. You know what 100%, I mean? 100%, yeah. So I think, I think Ronaldo, he's he's a showman. You know, you, on the world stage, there's a sense of, I wouldn't say acting, but, you know, there's certainly um, to put yourself out there as, you know, acting as you do care. Obviously, he does care and I'm sure Messi does care. He's of course. Just, he's of just course. not a, as much of a showman as Ronaldo. Yeah, he just won't wear his, his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. Um, but but even then, Sean, like I, even then, I understand that, and I, I completely agree with you. Um, but I think that the the point still stands that you're never going to see Messi sort of care about PSG as much as he did uh, about Barcelona. It's just impossible. He Fair spent enough. 20 years at the club. Yeah. Um, so it's just not going to mean that much to him. And. But- I think I think it's also unfair to expect him to care. One hundred, and that is yeah. exactly my point. Yeah, yeah. one hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Twenty years at Barcelona, you know, their best player of all time. He left under difficult circumstances. He didn't want to go. He was essentially forced out by the president, um, and still harbors those feelings. By the way, I don't know if you saw. Um, his brother caused a bit of a stir. I know we weren't planning on talking about this, but his brother caused a stir this week. Hmm. With some comments he made online, um, he said that you know they would they would essentially never go back to Barcelona, and if they did go back to Barcelona, they they would have to go and kick the president out first. Hmm. Um, he said that his brother Messi put the the club on the map. He said that the Barcelona Museum is essentially the Messi Museum. <laughs> so, although those comments didn't come directly from Lionel Messi, I think it does show 
that the family, the Messi family, still have um, some some bad feelings about the way that everything transpired and how uh, Lionel Messi ended up leaving the club. So, yeah, um, it all adds to that point, I guess. And rightly so. And you did mention that there's a little bit of drama in the Al Nasser change room in terms of, you know, there's more pressure now on the Al Nasser players because all the teams are up for it. So I guess, you know, no matter if you're Messi or Ronaldo, there's always going to be drama surrounding you because of just the persona you are and, and what a bigger name and how actually good you are in this game. Oh, of course. And, you know, people love a headline about Ronaldo and Messi, yeah, yeah, including yeah. me. So, yeah. <laughs> I think I said people love it. Anyway, <laughs> so let, let's move on swiftly. Uh, Man City, my team. What is going on there, Cody? It's it's pretty pretty hectic. Yeah, it is very hectic, Sean. And firstly, I would like to say I'm sorry to hear about all this drama. <laughs> um, look, it's very complicated, of course. But earlier this week, um, the Premier League said that City were being charged for breaking over a hundred um, of their financial rules or something like that. I think it was um, 115 breaches yeah. of financial fair play. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just to break it down quite simply, they've been accused of providing false and inaccurate information to the Premier League when it comes to transfer figures when it comes to salaries of coaches and potentially players mm-hmm. um, and then they've been accused of not cooperating with the Premier League's investigation so it was a four-year investigation the Premier League would demand certain papers from them City would say we don't have those papers they would then say okay well we're going to be taking this to court this was all happening behind the scenes we're going to be taking yeah, sure. this to court the C- uh, City would then challenge them in court the Premier League would win um, and this went on for a long, long time. Um, so basically, the Premier League felt like City weren't helping them, yeah. um, weren't trying to clear their name, and it's now sadly come to this. Shit. So, in essence, what what could this mean for Man City? So we don't really know yet. Look, firstly, this is going to go on for a long time. I don't think that we're going to be reaching a verdict anytime soon. I think that we know that City have hired the best lawyer in town um, the, the man who defended them in 2020 when they were kicked out of the Champions League for two years mm. um, we obviously know that that resulted uh, that that case you know sort of went away City were just hit with a, I think it was a 10 million pound fine is or 10 all? million euro fine that was all Yeah. Um, which is absolutely nothing for them of course yeah. and they were reinstated into the Champions League um, so they've hired the same lawyer um They'll fight, I'm sure, at every step to the death. Yeah. But potential punishment um, could be, and this is just what I've, I've seen, you know, talked about by some of the biggest journalists in the world covering this case, a potential expulsion from the league, mm. of course, would be the harshest punishment. Um, a points deduction. They will obviously, I'm sure, at some point be hit with a massive fine. Yeah. Um, but then potentially City could get stripped of titles. Um, so it's complicated. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I think it's safe to assume that the, this isn't going to be just a slap on the wrist. I think yeah. Um, yeah. over 100 breaches of their financial rules, it's very, very serious. Yeah. Um, it, this obviously begs the question, what will happen to the team if they are found guilty? And if City, for example, are you know, kicked out of the league or given this massive points deduction, 
what happens with Pep Guardiola, who I think just last year said that um, if he found out City were lying to him, he would leave. Um, what happens to some of the most high-profile players at the club? Wow. Um, do they do the same thing? Do, do they turn their back on the club? Does Kevin De Bruyne leave? Does Erling Haaland leave? Um, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting one. Um, it's it's, it's but, similar. It's similar to what happened to Juve a, a good few years ago, right? Where they they went down all those leagues. Yes, uh, that was in two thousand and six. Wow. Um, wow. And you, yeah, so I was actually looking into obviously the city story. Yeah. And somebody had brought up this Juventus um, drama from two thousand and six, and it's uh, it's it's not a known fact, but behind the scenes, Juventus are still fighting in courts, trying to get those titles back that were stripped from them. Wow. Um, and I had no idea about that. But Juventus lost, I think it was, two league titles. Um, they were taken away. Um, and still to this day, Juventus are fighting that, trying to get those titles back. Um, I can't remember who they were handed out to. Mm. I think it might have been AC Milan or Inter Milan. Um, but that's still going on. So look, this is something that will go on for years and years, even after a verdict is reached. Yeah. Um, City will fight them, um, particularly if titles are taken away from them. Um, but it's it's a yeah it's a very very dramatic story. Um, it was like a bombshell being dropped on world football when this when this broke on on Monday. Oh um, yeah, I mean I, I guess we just got to be patient and but this is going to just drag and drag and drag. I guess yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's crazy. And Curti, over the next week, anything else we should be keeping our eyes and ears open open for? Um, I've, I've got nothing written down, Sean. Um, Thanks, Chris. But I think we should all just try and have a good time with our lives, you know? <laughs> Beautiful. And that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on SL Podcast, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Mr. Kurt Backerfield, thank you very much. Thanks, Sean.